0: From love and radio, you're listening to the Secrets Hotline at 929 Secrets. I'm Nick Vanderkolk.
1: Okay, my secret is that despite my better judgment and my morals, every single time I see someone's journal or diary sitting out, I have to read it. (laughs) I just love getting little tiny glimpses of people's inner worlds and... I do feel guilty every time and I hope that no one does that to my journal which I know is incredibly hypocritical but I'm just going to keep doing it I think probably forever.
2: Hey Secrets Hotline earlier this evening I was walking home past a young man sitting on a curb he appeared distraught he was sitting with his head down, hands over his eyes, seemed like he was (laughs) going through something. I just walked by him, didn't engage. The automatic thought in my head was, oh, this guy's having a hard time. Let me give him space. There's some sort of sense of propriety sort of justified my ignoring him basically. But just as soon as I had passed him, I started to feel regret that's not right, <laughs> like if I just I could just ask him like, hey, are you okay, and you know, maybe it's something I could help with, or uh, you know, if it isn't, then just having someone say, hey, could feel meaningful in the moment, I don't know, maybe that's aggrandizing my own power in the situation, but I don't know, I don't know that that necessarily is. So anyway, I kept walking, didn't turn around, was thinking, oh, should I turn around? Should I go check on him? Now it's gonna be awkward, he's gonna be walking back, and eventually, before I walked out of sight, I did see another man talking to him. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, someone else stepped up where I didn't. But I still do regret ignoring the guy. My hope is that by calling and leaving this message, I'll prime myself to uh, act differently when I see something like that in the future. And maybe if uh, someone hears this, then uh, they will uh, do the same and maybe something good will happen.
1: Thanks. Hello. Uh, This is me. This is my first time calling to share a secret. When I was eight, I think my best friend at the time, we were playing in my bedroom. We were sitting down next to the bed and She taught me how to masturbate. She didn't touch me. She did it on her own clit. She showed me that it felt really good to touch there. And so I asked her how she learned about it. And she told me that her older brother had taught her that secret, right? And so at the time, I didn't, of course, think anything about it. But now, that it's been about three decades after, I think about it and I wonder, how did her brother teach her that? I remember she hated her brother, but I don't know if there's any relationship between her hating him and the way he might've taught her that little secret. Anyway, thank you for listening. Enjoy yourselves. hi. i just kind of
3: noticed if I have sex with someone once it's nice but then I kind of get ached out. And the only thing though is that there is a girl that I've been thinking about having sex with a second time. Uniquely because she told me that she would let me cut her. And I found out when another girl let me tattoo her and, like, watching, like, knowing, A, that I'm marking her, like, full-time. And, B, like, causing the pain. And that's, like, pretty fucked up. I don't know. I'm just kind of, like, there's about someone allowing you to exercise that power over them. That is really enticing to me. I don't know if it's healthy, though. The rest of it kind of grosses me out conceptually, like I don't want to have sex, but I want to hurt somebody. And I think that I would get off to that, you know? Anyways, lots of love, Godspeed.
4: Okay, hey, Um, I'm really nervous about this. And I've been thinking about sharing this for a while. Um help my speaker works so all right. I've never never done this before. Um but I, I don't know. Um I think oh, okay. Um yeah, I've been I've been wanting to share this. I'm a little bit worried about sharing this because I think this podcast helps me feel maybe not so alone, which is nice. Um But I think maybe if I do share, I don't know if I'll be able to listen to myself share, if that makes sense. Um, I don't really wanna lose that sort of outlet of feeling less alone. Um, But I also don't think I can stay alone with this right now. So I'll try it out. Um, Recently, I lost someone very close to me, who was very important to me, he was my friend, we worked together for five years, he was pretty much the closest thing I had to any kind of father figure, especially since my dad left when I was little. The secret part of this is that I was also in love with him, whatever sort of fucked up way that that is. I've always been a bit ashamed. I mean, I always was ashamed of it because of our extreme age difference. Like uh, somewhere over 40 years age difference. <laughs> I'm in my mid-20s, so I think my, maybe my voice makes me sound like a child. I'm not. <laughs> my friend goes in his 60s. But um, that really didn't have anything to do with it. Well, it was just a, I just really... Loved him as a person. We had a really good understanding of each other. Uh, and also the other part of this is that I'm pretty sure that he was in love with me too. I got a text from a coworker that said that he had been sick and that he had a two weeks to live. But that two weeks actually was like less than 24 hours by the time I got that text. So he died before I got to say anything to him. I don't know if he knew he was sick and didn't want to tell me. But now that he's dead it's like it never happened that's what it feels like if there was a funeral for him I wasn't invited because you know surface level it just looks like we were just co-workers I think by sharing this I hope that it is real I want it to be real for someone other than just me text your friends tell them you love them
5: Nick, and fellow secret voyeurs my secret is that whenever I go grocery shopping I'm filled with this sense of existential dread and maybe like existential dread isn't the word because it's not really something I dread but it's something that I'm hyper aware of and that is my own mortality um, whenever I pick up an item that is going to expire eventually. And I look at the date, I ask myself, will I be alive to finish this? Will I be alive to cook it, eat it, shut it up my butt, whatever I plan to do with it. It's not really that bad when it's something that's gonna expire in like a few days or a few weeks that I can deal with. But if the expiry date is like a bit far into the future, then I genuinely think, will I be alive to finish this? I was raised from as young as I can remember. Like, my mother used to say, the only thing certain in life is death. After losing her a few years ago, it's made me a bit more conscious of the fact that we're all going to die and the fact that I exist and one day I won't exist. One thing I will say is that you, yes, you, listening to this right now, as you're walking down the street or doing your grocery shopping or driving your car whatever you're doing one day you will not be here anymore one day you'll be dead and gone and about a hundred years after your death no one's going to know who you are and I think as a society we're like told to dream big and try and seize the day or whatever carpe diem We're told that we need to live this great life, but I don't know. To be quite honest, like, I think a lot of people need to face the reality that you're insignificant and that you're just the blip in the thing that we call the universe and the thing that we call time. Your existence probably won't matter to anybody except for the people that really truly love you. You're an NPC in like so many people's lives. I feel like instead of saying live life like it's your last live life like no one gives a fuck because no one does give a fuck and in a hundred years from now even less people will give a fuck about anything you do so just live one thing i will say as a parting word is yes we're all gonna die but make sure you've got your ducks in order like looking after your family and making sure your loved ones are okay. Make sure that you've got a will, that you've got life insurance, that you've been saving towards something, that you've got whatever investments you need. <sighs> we live in a capitalist society. Money makes the world go round. And if you leave the ones you love with nothing, then they, they, they will probably struggle they'll end up saying go fund me to fund your funeral and that's yeah that's pretty sad i don't know i don't think that quite made sense in the way that i want it to make sense but i hope somebody out there understands what i'm trying to say but um yeah we're all gonna die especially you maybe you'll die first who knows
6: bye I'm not even sure if you'll use this because it seems like a long back and forth. that's already kind of going on with this conversation. But I'm just calling in response to the woman who was using psychedelics. I don't give a fuck that it's natural. And then the response to that. The medicine works. And then the
0: response to that. Psychedelics, awesome substances, can be very risky.
6: I just wanted to plug a resource It's called Fireside Project. It's a psychedelic peer support line. So if you are in the midst of a psychedelic experience or if you want to integrate an experience that you've had, you can call that line. And if you don't have a therapist or don't have access to support or other resources, there are trained peer support specialists that will talk to you. So I just wanted to plug that resource for anybody that might be listening that might be psychedelic curious fireside project there's an app that you can download you can go on the website and find the number and put it in your phone we also do texting I hope that this is helpful somebody
0: thanks bye that's it for the secrets hotline for now I have a couple of quick announcements before I leave you. First of all, we've been stepping things up in a big way over on the official Secrets Hotline Instagram feed. So if you'd like a daily dose of secrets, please follow us at The Secrets Hotline. I've also got a link for you in the show notes. Also, I've been thinking a lot lately about family lore. You know, the kinds of stories that get passed down from generation to generation. Maybe verifiable, maybe not. Maybe secret, maybe not. If your family has a story like that, I'd love to hear it. And if you have a sibling or a cousin or other family member who has a version of the same story, even better, have them call too. The number to call, of course, is 929-SECRETS. Or you can leave a voice note on our website, secretshotline.org. You can also leave a secret there, of course. And if you change your mind for whatever reason... Just call back within 24 hours, and I'll make sure your call doesn't make it into the podcast. And if you can, find a quiet place to record, and don't use a speakerphone or hands-free device. The quality of the call is much better when you don't. Please stop ignoring me on this. This episode featured the music of Will Bolton, Keral, and Zoroshi. Check the show notes for the full playlist. The Secrets Hotline is a labor of love and radio and made possible thanks to our subscribers. If you want to join the group of fine, beautiful people who make this show possible, go to loveandradio.org member to support us on Patreon or just subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Either way, we'll give you access to special, ad-free, extended episodes with extra secrets. I'm Nicholas Sardine, Punch Punch Vanderkolk. Kolk. Thank you for listening.